Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and the NFL all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code JOHN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. What is going on, my people? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving from my family to yours. Hopefully you guys are having a great week, relaxing. Uh, If you're listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday, enjoying some football, enjoying your family, having a drink, kicking back, relaxing, or making food and being really stressed out because a lot of people are in your house. can relate to that as well. But we're going to have Stucky on, do some gambling. We recorded this on Tuesday, a look ahead to the Michigan-Ohio State game, some games on Sunday as well. I was just going to do that, and then Matt Canada, the Steelers, fired their offensive coordinator. So I was like, you know, I got got a few thoughts on that. So we're going to open the show with some thoughts on Matt Canada, the Steelers. When you draft a guy who just isn't good enough, it results in this. And we'll go from there to Stucky. And this will be no podcast on Thursday. And I I will have something out on Friday morning. Uh, probably some reactions to the games on Thanksgiving Day, as well as maybe a look ahead to just some big picture thoughts for Sunday as well. So give you a little podcast for if you're running around on Friday or Saturday, you know, a little something to listen to. So, you know, we work. That's that's what we do. And, and let's not act like we're digging ditch, just podcasting. So I, I thought I'd, I'm going to be watching the games anyway, pump the record button Thursday night, maybe after a few cocktails and see where she goes. But other than that, subscribe to the podcast wherever you may listen. If you like the YouTube, we got a YouTube page for for me, John Middlecoff, 3 and Out. We have its own YouTube page where we'll eventually have golf stuff go low as well. So go subscribe to that. And uh, 
Yeah, let's rock and roll, baby. Grab your smartphone, download the official ticketing app of this podcast, Game Time. Game Time, the official ticketing app of this podcast. You want to go to a game? Do you want to go to an NFL game, a college football game, a bowl game, an NBA game, a college basketball game? They got you covered. Concerts, comedy shows as well. You just download the app, buy your first pair of tickets. When you do, use the promo code JOHN, J-O-H-N, promo code JOHN, and you will get $20 off your first pair of tickets. Highly recommend it. Thank you for everyone that has hammered that promo code. And for those of you that haven't, go do something fun. Get outside the house. Take your wife, take a parent, take a son, take a daughter, and go enjoy yourself. And do it on me. Save 20 bucks. Promo code John Game Time. Download the app now. Okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired an offensive coordinator. And it's the first time in season they fired a coach since 1941. Let's face it. There was a lot of pressure on this team coming into the season. They have not won a playoff game since 2016. They have been nowhere near what they have been, uh, I would say, through the majority of my life in the 90s, the 2000s, and even the early 2000 teens because their quarterback position has not been very good. They have not been good on offense. Their defense, TJ Watt, star. Trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, star. Highsmith, best second rusher in the league. Like I got good players. Joey Porter, going to be a really good player. I don't care how many pass interference penalties he gets. Dude can play for my squad any day of the week. But their offense is anemic. It's not very good. And it's not because, well, they don't have any players like the New England Patriots. They have multiple wide receivers that we'd all take. They have a running back who I just do not understand why he ever comes off the field for Najee Harris. Jalen Warren, player. But here's the thing. Matt Canada, we can separate this. Objectively, he was a terrible offensive coordinator. He had zero games with 400 plus yards. This is in 44 games of Steelers OC. They had one games of 300 yard passing. They had two games of 30 points. They had seven games with two plus touchdowns. They had 20 games with 20 first downs or less. 28 games with 20 points or less. He was not very good. Fire him. I, I'm not going to argue that he should have kept his job or should be like some highly thought of offensive coordinator. He stinks. So when you look on the internet and you see all these places at Penguin Games all over the country, Steeler fans chanting Fire Canada, I don't blame them. I'm always pro-fan. They make the world go round when it comes to sports. Without them, we don't have any of this. And when you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, you know what a good team looks like. And this team, despite being, or I mean having a good record, they don't look very good because their offense is anemic. But when you have a quarterback who is not very good and isn't very talented, Bill Walsh could be your offensive coordinator. Mike Holmgren, Mike Shanahan could be your offensive coordinator. And it is going to be a struggle. It's always my argument with Bill Belichick. It's like, well, look what Bill's done without Tom. Well, yeah, no coach is good without a really good quarterback. Why did Jimmy Johnson go into the Cowboys ring of fame? Because he drafted Troy Aikman. How did Bill Walsh, I don't know, become Bill Walsh? Because he drafted and coached Joe Montana and then traded for Steve Young. Like, to be a good coach in football, it's impossible to not have a talented quarterback. And the better your quarterback is, the more legendary you become as as a coach if you know what you're doing. Is Mike Tomlin a good coach? I believe so. But if I give him Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, he has no fucking chance. Why? Mike Tomlin doesn't know anything about offense, just like the majority of defensive coaches in this, in this league. He is beholden to his coordinator. So when he hires a Todd Haley and Ben's still playing well, or a Bruce Arians and Ben's young, you're going to be good on offense. You are, because he's a great motivator. He can lead the troops. He can stay on guys. He can ride the wide receivers or running backs when they're acting like idiots. He can look at offensive linemen and get the most out of them. But when it comes to scheming the offense with the limitations at quarterback, he brings nothing to the table. Just like John Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel or just go around the league. They are like, it's all about the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. And yet you can get rid of the offensive coordinator who's not any good. I agree. But your quarterback also stinks. And when you're desperate in a draft, and listen, all teams are desperate in the draft. They all have needs. But when you force a position player, let's say a wide receiver, a corner, or whatever, and it doesn't work out, it usually doesn't derail you. 
But when you force a quarterback at 15 like the Patriots with Mac Jones or 20 like the Steelers with Kenny Pickett, for that guy to ever be the best possible quarterback, everything has to go right for him. The talent around him has to be awesome. He has to stay in a good mindset. He obviously has to stay healthy. He needs a great offensive coordinator. He needs a good defense. One little bit of a curveball with this team, you're screwed. And most teams are not perfectly built with the salary cap. This is not 1993 and Eddie DeBartolo and Jerry Jones can just buy the squad. You're going to have holes. You're going to have limitations. And listen, not every coordinate, all coordinators aren't created equal. So I was thinking about this this morning when I saw the news that they fired Matt Canada. Who in their right mind is going to want this job? Wait, like I got to coach Kenny Pickett? He's not any good. And here's the thing. You know right away, a lot of guys, just because you're productive in college, it doesn't mean shit. And the reality, and Mac Jones was for a year, just like Kenny Pickett was for a year. Now, I would say the difference between those two players, Mac Jones was a backup the majority of his career. Did not come in until Tua got hurt, I think, against Mississippi State when he hurt his hip. Kenny Pickett was, I think, started four years and had one really good season. It was his fifth year starting in the program. And obviously had Jordan Addison. I mean, look at that. (laughs) The guy's pretty good. Made him look pretty good. Is that a little Johnny Manziel, Mike Evans situation? Like Jordan Addison's going to play in the NFL for a long time. But as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers roll out, like, okay, Najee Harris, if you had a redo on the draft, you wouldn't have drafted him at, you know, in the in the 20s, right? We know that for a fact. If they could get a redo on that one, they wouldn't have. But it doesn't kill you. You get another running back, you just keep playing him more. It doesn't derail your franchise. But when you go all in and all your chips are in the middle of the table on this player as they are when you draft him at 20 and Mitch Trubisky is your backup, which you've extended twice, you're just fucked. And I think the big picture question mark is, I like Mike Tomlin. I like him a lot. But they're not going anywhere. There's nothing he can do. And in fairness to him, he's not the general manager. right? He doesn't pick the players. They're a GM and head coach. They separate it in that franchise. Plus, the owners play a big role. Mike Tomlin can get up there and take responsibility all he wants. You can't convince me that the ownership did not play a role in this. I'll never believe that, especially when the news breaks Tuesday morning. Like, to me, a coach pulls the trigger immediately, if that's what he's thinking. Not 24 hours later. Look at Sean McDermott. To me, that's a Sean McDermott move with Ken Dorsey. They lose at night. Boom, he's fired the next morning. Like, that's how a coach operates. That's typically how these things happen. When it takes 24 hours, I got that thing red flag from a mile away. That's not how this organization operates. But if you're the ownership... You're like, God, we got some talented players. What the hell is going on? And it all gets back to when you draft the wrong quarterback, good freaking luck. Look at the Jets. They thought they got bailed out until Aaron Rodgers ripped his Achilles five plays into the season, and then they got to go roll back to that guy, and they are completely screwed. The 49ers, the football gods threw them a bone. They would have been royally screwed. They would have had to play a guy who's not any good. But luckily, Brock Purdy fell into their lap, and they kind of struck oil. That's not normal. Like most times when you draft a quarterback high, you just play him for several years. And if he's not good enough, you're just going to end up losing. There's, it doesn't matter who the coordinator is. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have big picture, major question marks. What are they going to do? Like go get Kirk Cousins off a of torn Achilles? Like their options are just very limited. In fairness, like listen, the Saints gave Derek Carr a lot of money. It has been a disaster given how much they paid him. But if I was going to defend the Saints, what were their other options? What were they going to do? (laughs) They didn't have their pick because the Eagles had it, right? So they had some money. They had to make a move. He was available. He had been a serviceable starting quarterback. I do understand the logic. It just hasn't worked. I'll never understand the logic in the draft taking a guy who doesn't have the talent high. I, I, I never will. And I've argued with buddies of mine that are college scouting directors that say, what the hell is the difference? If, if you think the guy can be your starting quarterback and you're willing to take him in the second or third round, why wouldn't you take him in the first round? Well, there's economics behind it. What I have to pay the guy, the resources I have to invest in him. Like, well, he might not have been there when you drafted in the second round. Who fucking cares? Because the chances this guy's going to be an above average player, history would show us are, are low, especially when he lacks the talent. So I, I wasn't for the Mac Jones pick. 
and I wasn't for the Kenny Pickett pick because when you take guys with limitations, like historically, the guys with quote-unquote limitations don't go in the first round. Think about some of the guys in the NFL right now that had question marks coming out. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, even Drew Brees went in the second round. And I understand there's quarterback inflation. That's fine. That's part of the world we're living in. Just like us, when we go to the store, shit is very expensive. I just bought this honey-baked ham for Thanksgiving. I swear to God from the honey-baked ham store, which is incredible. The same ham a couple years ago was half the price. But if I want that ham, that's what I have to pay for. But one thing I know when I get that ham and I serve it on Thanksgiving, everyone's got a fucking smile on their face. Why? That honey-baked ham from the honey-baked ham store is elite. This is not a paid advertisement either. It doesn't get any better. But when you draft a guy with limited ability and then you start bitching and moaning two or three years later that he's not good enough, that's on you. Like, that is your problem. Like last year when Matt Patricia wasn't a good offensive coordinator, that wasn't on the offense. That was on Bill Belichick. That was his fault. But now it's like another coordinator is going to come in. Like ultimately you make a change with Ken Dorsey. We've seen Josh Allen. He's got a lot of ability. He's made a lot of plays. He's been a star in the league for a little while. So the coordinator and the scheme does impact them. I don't care what scheme you run with Kenny Pickett. You're not. I, I want to play you if I'm a good team. I want to play you. And uh, they, they screw themselves the moment they draft. Good guy. And that's the other thing. Sometimes you can overvalue the character, how intelligent a guy is. Like, can you play or not? Like, this is the pro football. This isn't pro being a good guy. And the majority of guys in the NFL are good guys. So it's like, are you good enough? The margins are so small. He won't throw the ball over the middle of the field. He just, the other thing watching him, and I've gambled on the Steelers for some reason a lot this year, and luckily it's paid off a couple times, but I felt very lucky. A huge part of getting a guy like that, this goes to Mac Jones, and honestly, like Jimmy Garoppolo's and Derek Carr's and now Brock Purdy, like their knowledge of the game, right? Their knowledge of the playbook, them being on the same page as their wide receivers, them understanding from audibles and checks and just, that, that's got to be a point of difference for them. Their freaking brain. Because their physical abilities, that they could never dream of doing things that Mahomes, that Josh, or Lamar, or Herbert can do. So they have to win upstairs. And you watch Kenny Pickett. I, I watch a dumb player. I watch a guy that I don't feel like he knows what's going on. So he doesn't have the skills, and then I don't see a smart player. It's, it's over. So wh- whether it was Bill Walsh, like I said, or Matt Canada... This offense was never going to be good. You can rattle off all the stats and you can rejoice. I don't think it changes much at all. Um, And I'll I'll bet against Kenny Pickett and I'll bet against Mac Jones any day of the week when you draft those guys high. My my philosophical belief on those type talents will never change. I'm kicking myself because I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to be an AFC contender. And I knew right away I was... you, You can't be with that level of quarterback play. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. And their team clearly just isn't good enough. The other thing is, I like Mike Tomlin a lot, but he doesn't influence the game, right? He's a motivator on game day. He doesn't call the defense. He doesn't call the offense. So, like, the 49ers, for example, have had limitations, or the Rams on certain years. But their head coach on a given week on Sunday can impact that game with his play calls. Like, ultimately, Mike can only go so far, and this would be the pushback of hiring in this modern-day football, which is an offensive sport, like it or not, defensive guys, especially defensive guys that don't call the defense. And you, you just have to wonder, like, no one's on scholarship in the private sector. I, I don't care what industry you work in, right? And listen, Tomlin's been very successful for them, but you have to wonder, like, would you think about it at the end of the season? If you end up going 9-8 and eight and you miss the playoffs, or even if you make the playoffs as a seventh seed and are bounced easily... Like, what's the point? What's the hamster wheel of this situation? Do you give him a chance to find, you know, he had Roethlisberger forever to maybe, you know, right his wrong with the GM and try to bring in another quarterback? Or you just say, you know, maybe it's time for a reset. Listen, I don't have the answer. I would struggle firing him. But I do think it's fair to ask that question today. And before we get out of here, can I tell you about my friends at Uber Eats? It's time for this week's player I thought might give almost, almost anything to redo his game. Brought to you by Uber Eats. Well, if you watch Monday Night Football, the Chiefs can't catch a cold. Every ball goes right through their hands. 
And Marquise Valdez-Scantling, who we've all watched for years because for a long time he played with Aaron Rodgers. And now he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like, if you're a wide receiver and I say, who'd you play with? You're like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Like, what a career you probably had. Well, I struggled to catch the ball. And regardless of all the drops, you get in a situation where you go deep, look like a skinny post or something, and you beat your man. And one of the great players in the history of the league puts an absolute dot on your hands. And you had to lay out a little bit, but you got to catch that ball. So regardless of all the other drops, if you catch that ball and put the team in position, even if you fall down immediately and they put them in position to score and you're a huge part of them winning the game, no one's really talking about the drops. But the ball. And listen, catching the football from these good guys is difficult, but you're you're a wide receiver. And if you can't catch the ball, it's very hard to play that position. Last time I checked, it's a major part of being a good wide receiver, is being able to catch. Like, if you can't run, you're probably not going to be a good running back. If you're not a great tackler, doubt you're going to be a very good linebacker, right? If you can't catch, not sure I can roll you out as wide receiver, So to have that drop in that spot, in that marquee of a game with us all watching, I think Valdez-Scantling would be a guy that would uh, like a little redo. So that was this week's Almost Almost Anything Player of the Week. And you can order Almost Almost Anything with Uber Eats, the official on-demand partner of the NFL. Order now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Okay, back at it with my main man, Stucky, who is red hot, uh, dominated the National Football League. I, I'd be lying if on Saturday night I, I didn't walk into the DraftKings Sportsbook Casino and wager on uh, the Oregon State Beavers, and that was uh, that was a tough one, but that's, that's, that's why we gamble. I, I also went against your advice uh, and, and shorted the Brownies. And the UCLA rookie quarterback, and I was treated to uh, a Kenny Pickett special, so deserve that one. But the Bears, I mean, that was the lock of the day. The, the Rams, you had to sweat that one out a little bit, but they 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 found a way. And now we are headed into Thanksgiving week. Stucky, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, the well, the Bears, in typical Bears fashion, catching nine. They're up twelve with three to go. You think you're safe, right? I had a sweat. An offensive lineman kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone. If he doesn't do that, Hutchinson jumps on that ball and the Lions win by 10 uh, after scoring 17 points in three minutes. But yeah, they were they were this close. I gotta, I'm got i sending a Christmas card to Darnell Wright, that offensive lineman who accidentally kicked the ball after uh, Fields got sacked. I've never sent a Christmas card to anyone before, but he, he's going to be my first. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a sweat. The Rams were a sweat. Everything was a sweat last week, but it turned out sometimes, you know, you end up on the right side of those. Uh, yeah, I had a big bet on Oregon State, too. Painful. They had like a 75% postgame win expectancy. Didn't get three fourth downs. 
turned it over twice, gave up a safety on a missed snap uh, in the weather. They completely held that passing offense in check in the weather. And uh, both defense, the offenses were ugly in that in the weather. Yeah. But, yeah, you can't turn it over a couple times. You can't no. miss three, four downs. You can't give up a safety on a muff punt uh, snap. So, yeah, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. So that was painful and a two-point loss and then couldn't get a drive late. But uh, it was a good Sunday, but we're on to uh, week 12. Yeah, when I sat down and ordered around, I looked up and it was pouring rain. I was like, God, this got to look pretty good for Oregon State, right? Playing yeah. a passing offense, you run the ball, physical defense. I, I do think, not to look too far ahead, but you know, Oregon's a huge favorite against Oregon State in the Civil War. Washington's a big favorite against Washington State in the Apple Cup. Now things get weird in these you know rivalry games. Auburn, Alabama have been huge favorites, and Auburn's played them close. But assuming they both win, I, do you look at Washington because their defense and their team had just been a little soft? They showed a little more grittiness in that game. I mean, that's a gritty, tough environment. Do, do you give them? Because I feel like everyone's like, "Oh fuck, they got no chance to beat Oregon in Vegas in two weeks." I have a hard time just writing them off because they do. I mean, they, it feels like they haven't lost a game in like two years. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in a way the the weather helped them too. I mean, the only thing that the only thing anyone did on all, either offense all day was Penix hitting Adunze. It was amazing just throwing it up to him. He was one of 11 throwing to anybody else. But Washington was just able to load the box. So they they brought everyone down, and they just said, you're not going to be able to throw in in this weather, and Oregon State really didn't. And then then Washington's corners played. Muhammad played really, really well, the Oklahoma State transfer. So, yeah, I gave him a little bit, a little boost. Uh, They they definitely played better than I expected. Um, And, you know, when you have Penix in that passing offense, it's – the thing is, he's he's a rhythm – he's a very rhythmic passer, and – when he's on, he gets going, but then he can go off the rails. I think he had like 11 straight incompletions against Oregon State, who's not a great pass defense. So, yeah, if he gets on and gets hot, they, they can certainly stick with Oregon. I think what we'll see, if if both games go according to plan, you'll probably – both. I mean, I, I assume both will win this weekend. They'll probably – one or both will be close, really close somehow, uh, as you alluded to. But I would guess that Oregon – will probably end up being like a six, seven point favorite, depending on how games go this weekend. But you, you can't write off that offense for sure. And I, I was impressed by the day. Okay, before we get into the NFL, obviously the big game on Saturday is Michigan-Ohio State. And listen, I, I've watched J.J. McCarthy the last couple of weeks. Now, I understand the Penn State game. Why even mess around? I thought in the Maryland game, he had some like Jimmy Garoppolo moments for some of those Niner teams where you're like, do not screw this up, which, listen, I'm not some Rivals.com guru, but everyone hyped this guy up. Harbaugh went all in with him. And then just listening, because I'm not just going to watch Michigan fucking beat Rutgers 60 to nothing. And I don't even know what those passes mean, but you watch him as these games got a little tighter. Let's face it, they don't have the signs anymore. And he's just... I don't want to say he's looked pedestrian, like he's better than the Penn State guy, but he is no longer this, he's getting drafted really high. I mean, I don't see it in the guy. So I, listen, I I would have loved Michigan and maybe I was just kind of riding the hype. How do you not like Ohio State plus three and a half with everything going on with Michigan, given their quarterback is just got to be a major question mark right now. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating game because I also don't trust, you're right, I, I don't trust McCarthy and I don't, the other thing going on here is that without Harbaugh, they've gone into like this super Harbaugh mode where they just want to yeah. run the ball like a trillion times. Like, But part of that also is their tackle situation is a mess. Like they can't block anybody on the outside. I, I, it was actually a smart decision against Penn State because they try to drop McCarthy back. And Penn State is one of the best edge rushers in the country. And the first three drives, he was just getting hit right away. They have, you know, they're they lost. The, we talked about this the other week. They left tackle to the Dolphins. His replacement from Arizona State. It's not been good. He's hurt. You got backups in there now. So their tackle situation is a great. Ohio State obviously has a great edge rush, but you know, Ohio State's offensive line has had some issues too. And I don't trust their quarterback. I mean, Kyle McCord. Just if you watch him, take away when he just looks at Marvin Harrison as one of the best 
receivers in college we've seen uh, in a very long time. He, you know, he'll, he'll just look at him and third down, he is just, I'm going to throw at you. And they really haven't played anybody. So you, you got to get away with that. So, they, yeah, this is going to come down to, you know, who is number one? Can Michigan just take away Harrison? You have to do that. You have to have a safety over top. You can't let him just beat you alone. Will McCord end up making a mistake just trying to stare him down, which could happen. But I just don't think that either passing offense is going to have much success with some of the offensive line issues from what I've seen from McCarthy, what I've seen from McCord. It's going to come down to this is this is going to feel like, a, you know, an old school Big Ten game. Who can just get the three yard push up front consistently uh, and then finish a few drives off with touchdowns? I think this profiles as an under. I think these games have been higher scoring of late. I just think Michigan will be super conservative again. I think Ohio State wants to rely on its defense. They don't really trust McCord. So, yeah, but it's it's a difficult game to handicap because we've seen neither team has played a really hard schedule. So you have all these, like, data points that are meaningless against just cupcake yeah. states. And then you have the whole sign stealing. And then you have everything going on with Michigan. Um, and Harbaugh not going to be on that. I, so it's it's definitely probably the – the most uncertainty I can ever remember heading into the game uh, in, a, in a very long time, but it'll it'll definitely be an intriguing watch, and I'm sure it'll break some ratings records even without Harbaugh on the sidelines. Okay, the Steelers had nine lives. They had been outgained in all nine games. Well, they didn't have a tenth life because they lost. And I remember when Burrow got hurt. What was that last Monday night? Whenever Burrow got hurt. Thursday Sunday night. Thursday night. Okay, I'm get my primetime games are thrown off. Oh, yeah, it was just not that long ago that I looked at their schedule and it's like, the Steelers haven't even played them yet. So I was like, the Steelers get multiple games. And listen, this is not college football where a guy gets injured, the next five-star comes up. In the NFL, once you have a 40, 45, $50 million quarterback, you tend to have a random backup quarterback. Now, I watch, and I'm from the Sacramento area. I've been following this guy's career. He played at Folsom High School, which is like a power Remember De La Salle back in the day and never lost in the Bay Area. They kind of became the new De La Salle. And he went on to play for Chris Peterson. And listen, he was successful because the program was. But not in a million years did I ever watch him and think NFL quarterback. And he's been out of college a little while. So this guy, Jake Browning, maybe I'm biased. I just don't take him that seriously uh, as a player. But I'll be honest, you roll out Kenny Pickett, it's just it's – just, your games are going to be tight and weird shit can happen. Like you're just not going to score many points. So I'd have a hard time placing a wager on Jake Browning. I know where you're going to go on this, but if you lose to Jake Browning, I think today, obviously firing Matt Canada, all the stats are out. First time they, you know, fired a coach in season, assistant coach, any coach, you know, since the early forties, you have to wonder like, could they, you know, Tom has been there a long time. They haven't won a playoff game in forever. This quarterback thing's not really working out. I don't, you know, it's just, you would start asking some questions. Like, would there be a possibility? Because you can't lose to Jake Browning. It's one thing to lose to the Browns. Their defense is fucking unreal. Miles Garrett is unstoppable. But Jake Browning and this Bengal team, I, I think would be a little different story. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because the Steelers, he, Tomlin's, he's never had a losing record. So you're, you never can even... And you don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore, but you're never going to get like a two-win season where you can get. But your... he's and he's not going to have a losing. He's going to end up. You know, he's already six and four. So what's yeah. he going to end up around nine and eight? And if you look at the AFC playoff picture, like the team that they had to worry about the most was the Bengals. Like who? I mean, who else is? They're they're they have a really easy path. They even played the Patriots in a couple weeks. Who knows who's going to be quarterbacks for them? They played the Bengals twice. But I, I played the Bengals plus one here. I agree. I don't think Browning is any good, but you see it all the time with these backup quarterbacks in their first game. That's it. Their first game, they've been really successful. I think 67% against the spread over the past five years. Their first game, there's two things that happen. One, you sort of see this in the NBA too, like star player is out the first game after an injury, everyone else steps up, right? So you have an extended break here after playing on Thursday nights, you have a little extra time to prepare and rest. Chase should be 100% healthy. But everyone else steps up. It's like, okay, we have the backup. They're 5-5. Five and five. They know that this is it. Like, if they want to make a playoff run, 
at home. They need to win this game. But they'll have a game plan, probably a pretty easy game plan for Browning, a lot of one-read throws, and there's not a lot of film on what they want to do with him. And, you know, once that's out and it's like, all right, this is the easy stuff that they want to do with him, the Bengals are done. Uh, But I think for one game, Browning – can do enough. And I'm not asking them to do much because you got to score like 13 points here and you'll win um, against the Steelers offense. That is, I mean, it's abysmal. They, I also don't know how much you could, they just fired Matt Canada. I don't know how much you can change in four days, right? Like what do you change much. the whole, whole playbook? So they don't throw it over the middle of the field. If you look at the passing chart of Kenny Pickett every week, you could drive a, a super yacht through his passing chart. He just throws it at the sidelines. That is it. Uh, so it is insane. So like the offense is completely broken. I think the Bengals defense will step up here. I think, you know, everyone else on the offense, I'm sure Chase will have like a couple big catches will step up. And remember the Steelers defense, they will Levis look good against them. Jordan love went up and down the field. The secondary has some issues. So I think Browning can make some throws. Um, and I think the, the Bengals and like, this is their, their hype spot, right? With all right, first game without Burrow, everyone else has got to step up. I think they win this game in ugly fashion. Steelers have been outgained in ten straight games. The only team with a winning record that's been done that. They're due for even some more negative regression. And but once that happens, yeah, Bengals, Bengals are done. I, I probably won't be betting them much the rest of the year. I saw a headline this morning that Carr still hasn't cleared the concussion protocol from getting yep. just throttled a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, obviously, he's a major question mark as we record this on Tuesday. I mean, Jameis, who's just, you know, Derek doesn't do much anymore, kind of dinks and dunks, but at least you know what you're getting. I mean, at any moment, Jameis can just do something pretty outrageously stupid, though he's enjoyable to watch. The Falcons rename Ritter back as their starting quarterback. Uh, this is just, listen, uh, I, I watching the Bucks against the Niners – if Baker just wouldn't have that stretch after they went three and one of playing really shitty, like they actually have a lot of talent. Their talent's a little older, but this division's wide open. Uh, I, I guess I, I maybe just because I picked them to start the season, I would still pick the Saints. But fuck Dennis Allen, Derek Carr. But I I don't take Arthur Smith that seriously. Now maybe it's just his quarterback situation, but all the skill guys, obviously Tampa's in shambles. Maybe just a seven and nine or seven and ten team ends up winning this division. Uh, that's what it looks like. This division, there should be some clause in the NFL where I mean, you can't do this. But yeah, if, if you don't have a team that finishes with a certain record, you lose your playoff spot. And I, no, I, I, I completely agree that you are not – you cannot – if you win your division with a record under 500 and there are obviously other teams above you, one through seven now, you should not be a playoff team. I'd have no yeah. – who would argue that like that's not fair? And you get, the host, you, you get the host. You get the host a playoff game too. Did you, what's the Ron Rivera thing? He's done yep. it twice. Yeah, yeah. The I, I bet the Falcons here plus one. Uh, we don't. We, there is still some quarterback uncertainty. If you have Carr, you know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's going to be Dick and Duncan, which is not how you want to attack this Falcons defense. Which should get their slot cornerback. Should get Onyemata back. There also there's a I'll say a random name. We were just talking about Chad Hall. Um I'm gonna hear a random name here that could be important. Parker Hesse uh, is a tight end who I think is gonna return. He's like their sixth offensive lineman. He's gonna return from injury for the first time. That's when their their running game really gets going. They use him a lot as a run blocker, a really random name to throw out there. But the Falcons are a lot healthier. Then the Saints, who I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play. We don't know who the quarterback is. Marshawn Lattimore is probably out. Um, you know, they have a couple other injuries, and Lattimore is big. Like just everything that they yeah. want to do on defense, he can take away your number one. So uh, you know, if you look at the Saints, I, I just haven't been impressed with what the Saints team has done. Uh, you know, no, they haven't beat, been impressive at all. They've been terrible. They beat the Bears. T- Tyson Bajor. They had six. They had five turnovers. They had to hold on to win that game. They beat another backup when they played the Colts. They beat the Patriots. I mean, we don't know what that looks like now. They beat the Panthers by three, and they beat the Titans by one when the Titans had a defensive touchdown callback. And, I mean, all those teams are one or two win teams. Falcons have lost a lot of close games, played a little tougher schedule. Um, you know, I'll take the one at home. If it's Winston, 
I love Faden Winston as a favorite, even if it's a, a short favorite on the road in a division game, because he can give you give away the game. I like betting him as an underdog. If it's Carr, there's just no juice with this offense to attack the Falcons' secondary, and the Falcons' run D's been really good. So, yeah, I'd make the, the Falcons here like a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so I, I took the one. Maybe just the philosophy is if Atlanta, New Orleans, or Tampa, any matchup, just hammer the underdog in those games, because what the hell is the difference in the three of them? Pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, just an enormous game, definitely on paper. The Eagles beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I thought Jalen looked like shit, and then all of a sudden he runs in the touchdown. They get the Kelsey fumble. They hit the swift screen. He throws a bomb. They score. They take the lead, and obviously they win with 700 drops from the Chiefs. But they, they clearly don't look. Now, you get – like, this is not college football. You get credit for winning, right? There's no style points. But last year, they looked different, right? They, they just looked much more complete than they have looked this year. And even Jalen, to me, as a pocket passer, just has – and I understand yesterday was rainy, it was harder, but it's just not looked as good. Like, I mean, last year he was an MVP guy, and this year you watch him, he's not an MVP caliber player. Uh, the Bills fired their offensive coordinator, get a little life. Now, granted, they were playing the fucking Jets – and it was kind of a double whammy. One, they're just way better than the Jets, and they had easy motivation because the Jets somehow beat them on Monday Night Football to open up the season, and there was some desperation. This is an interesting game, man. I, I Philly's weird. I mean, it's hard to discount them, but they've been winning these tight games, so you get you get three and a half with Josh Allen, who, I mean, you're more deeper in this than me. I've seen a lot of people say everyone's shitting on Josh Allen, and according to like basically every metric, he's easily been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Yeah, he's been the best. Uh, so I, I yeah, they've, they've been a little unlucky. You know, if you go by luck rankings, we we do these luck rankings, which look at you know things like things that are like fluky, like turnovers, what happens in the red zone, fumbles. The Eagles have been the luckiest team in the NFL. They have two and a half, two point six more wins than they should, um, and the the Bills have been the unluckiest. They have two fewer wins than they should. So really, this is like an eight and three Bills team taking on a seven and four or eight and three Eagles team. And you wouldn't be getting the hook if that was the case. The Eagles have been extremely lucky out. You know, look, they beat the commanders in overtime because paddleboat Ron doesn't go for two at home. They beat the commanders again, you know, a back and forth game. They got out gained in that game by 150 yards. They, you know, you could go back to this Cowboys game. They got dominated in that game. I mean, they, they were out gained by more than 220 yards in that game. Dallas went up and down the field. He just couldn't do it. He just kept turning it over in the red zone, stepping out of bounds, turning it over at the one. Uh, just very fluky stuff. Uh, same thing with the Chiefs. Yeah, they got out. They had 230 yards against the, against Kansas City. 230 total yards. That was it. That was less than the Steelers had more yards than that. They, you know, you had a Kelsey fumble in the red zone. You had seven drops. You had Mahomes throwing it up to them. You had another, you know, you have another Hurts fumble where it bounced right up to him. Go back to that Dallas game. Philly had three fumbles in that game. Bounced every single one. Bounced right back to them. They've been getting extremely lucky. Uh, this is a team that just has a. I mean, go back to all their wins. It's not. It's not been an impressive team this year. Something is just a little off. They beat the, beat the Patriots by five. They beat the Vikings by three at home. They get that touchback at the end of the first half. So they're, they've just gotten every single break in all these games. Credit to them for finding a way to win. But the defense has major holes. You know, they don't have a slot. Their linebackers are a mess. They can't defend the pass. They can't defend over the middle of the field. You know, the Bills are an offense that once it gets really going, then they are a juggernaut for like three and four weeks. Sometimes it'll just be a little off. The timing is in there. But I know it was the Jets. Who cares what the defense did? But that Jets defense had shut down every single top quarterback they faced this year. And Allen ripped them apart. So I think that's a good sign for this offense this week against a vulnerable Philly defense that has just benefited from a lot of fluky stuff this year. And the other side of the ball, even the the, the Eagles offense is still just a little bit off. Hertz is a little bit off. He's not fully healthy. You can tell when he runs. That's when the Eagles are the most dangerous, when he can run it uh, with reckless abandon and doesn't have to worry about his knee. This is also the Bills season. Uh, yeah, Bills got need to win this game. And the Eagles are coming off a short week after, you know, getting revenge over the team that they lost to in the Super Bowl. 
So just from a situation, they have the Cowboys and 49ers on deck. So they're they're sitting pretty while you have a desperate Bills team who's been unlucky coming in. Give me the three and a half all day. This is my favorite bet of the weekend. When the Ravens beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, didn't that year they fired their offensive coordinator with like three or four games to go? Was it Jim Caldwell? Yep. Uh, yeah, they fired. Uh, I forget the guy's oh, name, God. but they they put they, they made Jim Caldwell Cam the Cameron. Coordinator. Cam Cameron. They fired and then called and then Caldwell took over. Right? Yep. Fired. A little in different. December. December. Yeah. Little different scenario than the Bills, but is it crazy to think the way you just laid out that this team maybe just kind of wakes everybody up? That this now their defense obviously a lot of injuries, but offensively, I mean, if they were like you said to get rolling, can have we all been too quick to just write them off? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, they, they were they were getting really unlucky too. They had some close losses, tough schedule, and yeah, I mean the way that. Allen is playing with this offense. They can outscore anyone on any given day. Um, when that when that offense is clicking, and what when Allen is hot, they, they can they can run with anybody. So yeah, I think now their schedule they play at Philly, then at Kansas City. It's hard. So yeah, they could get if they lose both, which they could. They're done. Be done. Uh, you're not going to the playoffs, but yeah, that's that's why this game is so important to them. Eagles might be a little hungover, short week uh, after getting their revenge. I, I think you're going to get the the hungry, more desperate team that's been unlucky against a team that's been really lucky. I mean, think about it: the the Eagles are nine and one. They're 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 plus sixty in net scoring margin. I mean, it's one of the worst nine and one teams in NFL history. The Ravens are plus one forty seven. The Cowboys are plus one forty seven. The Forty Nineers are over plus a hundred. Uh, the I mean, the Eagles have squeaked out these games. And it hasn't been the toughest schedule, and they just—they've gotten so lucky in the red zone with fumble recoveries. That—that uh, that, those things don't last. So yeah, I like the Bills here. It'll be interesting because last night was a very physical game, like you said, short week. The 49ers are playing Seattle on the road, and then they get that mini buy, and that game to them is going to mean a lot, right? I mean, they—it ruined their chances last year with Purdy, so they're going to approach that thing Super Bowl level. Uh, and then you know the Eagles have—you said the Cowboys on deck after that who, you know, kind of benefit from this little – they kind of do that little mini Thanksgiving thing, right? They usually play on Thanksgiving, and then they play the following Thursday, so I'm sure they'll be coming off a little mini bye. Uh, If if memory serves me correct, that's what they usually do. So this this is a very, very fascinating stretch of football for all the top, right, five, six teams, the Eagles, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, and and, uh, now the Bengals are done, so the Ravens, who are – you're battling the injury bug again. It's going to be interesting how this shapes out. I mean, it's it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to just go. This team is winning the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden the Lions just keep rattling off wins. You know, no one's really talking about them. <laughs> but I don't. They're not, I don't view them as good enough. But we've been talking about them for a while. They're they're going to win this week. I'd be stunned if they don't. And then you're going to look up, and all of a sudden they're going to be fourteen and three. Yep, and we talked about that. Many times. Goff, I've seen it a trillion times. He, this guy cannot play in conditions. So that one seed for Detroit is Make more break. important than anybody else, than, for, than any other team. But, yeah, the one seed race is going to be super fascinating. Obviously a huge win for the Eagles. It was massive. Separation, it was massive. Especially yeah, was with massive. the schedule they have coming up. Also for the division as well. But the – yeah, the AFC. I mean, the AFC with the Ravens now have a bye if the season ended today. But they have three losses. Chiefs, Jags, Dolphins, Browns have three losses. Like, the one-seed race in the AFC is going to go right down to the wire. And now, today's NFL with this expanded playoff, one team gets the one-seed. That is so big. Um, so, yeah, both one-seed races – would you say Cleveland? Would Cleveland be a sleeper one seed, or is their offense? Would you be hard pressed to see that? Because to me, yeah, th- starting the rookie quarterback, that that I don't care how good your defense is, that feels hard in this modern day football. Yeah, it's they'll they'll, they'll probably get to like let's so they're seven and three. If seven games left, um, you know they they'll probably win three or four of them because they're just going to be in these games where they're, they're low ugly. scoring, yeah. and it's just going to come down to like a play or two. So they're not gonna. It's it's gonna be very difficult for them to go like six and one, um, which they'll probably need to do in order to get to 
you know, to get to the one seed. So, yeah, I, I just don't think they have the consistent enough quarterback play. Okay, Stucky, have a good Thanksgiving. Keep uh, well. keep the good times rolling, nailing these picks, and we, we will uh, speak next week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, have a safe holiday, and enjoy uh, the sweats all weekend. It's a beautiful time of the year, and uh, we'll see you guys next weekend. Next Thanks week. a lot, bro. See you, buddy. Yep. Cheers. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.